When the final frantic minutes of the eBay auction closed on April 30th, my offer of $104.55 was atop the bidding load, and I became the way too excited owner of two unopened boxes of baseball cards, 1982 Fleer and 1987 Donruss. Let's jump ahead. The typical asking rate for the six comparable boxes of 1982 Fleer noted on eBay as buy it now recently was $227. The usual asking price of the 20 boxes of 1987 Donruss listed on eBay was $56. I paid $105 for my two boxes. To acquire those same two boxes now would be approximately $283, a little less if you work the eBay system. What happened between the end of April and the start of October to more than double the costs of those boxes question mark did anything to sign up the worth of those cards? You understand the answer to that concern, obviously, the coronavirus pandemic occurred. People throughout the nation and and the world stayed at home for months, weeks, and days, and they try to find methods to kill time without physically communicating with the outside world. There's only a lot Netflix an individual can watch. We found old enthusiasms as individuals rummaged through attics or basements and dove headfirst into nostalgia, looking for happiness. A substantial segment of the population discovered its baseball-slash-trading cards, and after thumbing through and arranging old collections, the fire sparked once again and individuals aimed to add. And with that abrupt influx of interest and money the trading card market exploded. Sales numbers are the very best that they have been in the past years, stated Emily Kless, Communications supervisor for Tops, who decreased to use specifics because Tops is an independently owned company. It's been an upward pattern. Tops was coming off among its best years in the past years, in 2019. So while we do see this revived interest in baseball card collecting, we were coming off a solid year, to begin with. Tops ISNT alone. It has been outrageous, stated Jason Howarth, Vice President for Panini America. We've been pressing and working in this direction for a while, and a whole bunch of occasions built and grew out of control up some additional momentum that was already feeding into the marketplace. The sales that are happening now at Walmart and Target right now, for August and September, are three times what we would expect during a holiday shopping season, he said. It's crazy. What's going on? And if cards seem more difficult to find at your local big box merchant this year, there might be a factor. We have actually heard stories of people just sitting there waiting on them to put the item on the shelves, and it's eliminated as soon as they end up putting it out, Howard stated. However, this summer season hasn't just been a boom for the big companies producing the cards. When I was a kid, I used to ride my bike approximately Baseball Plus, the Baseball Card, Plus, shop in suburban St. Louis owned by Mark Schlemmier that also took place to be conveniently situated beside a bowling alley, seriously, the bowl several video games then purchased some baseball cards days of my childhood were terrific. He changed areas years earlier, but Baseball Plus still is going strong both in person and online. Slemier approximated that he saw a 250% overall boost in sales from May to August compared with a typical year. The eBay sales were simply an all-time high, he said. I did more in March to April May than in some previous complete years, integrated, in dollars and volume and variety. Over the years, Schlemmeyer gathered the team and stadium-themed items, such as Lambeau Field puzzles or Cubs vs. Cardinals checker sets. It turns out unique products were pretty popular purchases with individuals stuck at home looking to pass the time. Early on, when someone walked in the door, they were there for three minutes and would say something like, well, 
I came in for a box of heritage. However, I do not know when I'm going to get back out again, so you'd better provide me two boxes of heritage and another box of top series I. So they were seeking to invest $90, but because you didn't know what was going to happen day to day, they purchased several boxes to tide them over, Schlemmeyer stated. As everything opened back up and people got more comfortable with going back out, the foot traffic steadily increased, and the sales were still there. They weren't panic buying, but they were still buying. We hooked them all over once again because by then, you put a pack in someone's hand, and it doesn't matter whether you're four years of age or 40 years old, Howarth said. If you occur to find a gamer you enjoy or a team that you love, you're happy. That's the power of the trading card and the reality that individuals could find that once again and a piece of happiness and pleasure during this insane time where you're freaking out over whatever. I'm glad this is an excellent diversion. I believe that's cool. Back in the routine. So who are these people who kicked the marketplace into overdrive this spring slash summer? I wanted to know, so I asked folks on Twitter to call me if they restarted, or just started, collecting during the pandemic. Not a perfect sample, naturally, but it's a start. They were not going to lie. I was a bit overloaded by the response. Here are just a couple of examples of why individuals jumped back into the hobby. Pound Barnett, Colorado I was classic after seeing 80s films with my better half and kids two weeks in a row, so I promised to clear out my 1980s toy collection in the basement. Along the way, I rediscovered the cards I'd collected as a kid, and I was hooked, again. I never set out to add anything to my collection. However, man, was I wrong about that. I found myself on set builds, completing trades with folks from around the nation, nearly every state. I also have a yearning for the 2020 Heritage set from Tops. it looks like my favorite hand-me-down set from my older brother, 1971. Howard Megdell, New Jersey, I never did eliminate my old cards, which I'd gathered in earnest from 1986, when I was six years old which first Glenn Wilson 1986 Tops gazed up at me, through around 1992. Therefore when my child was born in 2010, I regularly bought her cards, but neither people engaged. The quarantine duration has offered us both the opportunity to do just that. When we found out about box breaks, we saw one on a Saturday afternoon on YouTube while a game was playing on TV. And we quickly concluded that it would be enjoyable to attempt and that in between my experience covering the sport and her social media proficiency, we might do it better. It's been such fun to prepare with her and get to see numerous fantastic cards and after that send them to individuals. Brendan Shellen, New Hampshire, I required my sports to fix, and it gave my newly retired daddy and me something to do. I likewise like that my two huge groups, Buffalo Bills and Cleveland Indians, were reasonably low cost. I have done very well developing my PC of expenses gamers Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and, more recently, Gabriel Davis and this year's crop of Indians players, who mainly have not played, Yu Chang, Logan Allen, Bobby Bradley, and Aaron Savale. As an adverse effect of getting back in, I've done a great deal of work doing Twitch broadcasts of my breaks and making clips of my responses, so the hobby has helped me discover a lot about streaming and basic video editing. And the increase of interest in the hobby has even benefited those in need, too. This fish story was sent in by Eric Hecker, who lives in Pennsylvania, in April, I noticed how excited individuals got with memorabilia breaks and how kind people were with rocks, random acts of generosity. I work for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, fundraising is down this year, so I saw a chance. 
The Hobby family came together from April to May and raised over $15,000 through a 32 product break from April to May. We created with other auctions and straight donations. Some leapt back into the pastime for the hobby element, purely gathering for the love of collecting. The pleasure of opening packs and buying cards of their favorite players deserved the money invested, and the interactions with other collectors on social networks were a welcome benefit, something that didn't exist when they gathered as kids. Others saw investment opportunities as the market expanded right in front of them, played out on eBay. That element was a bit harder. The arrival of waves of gathering newcomers on the scene, a lot of cash in hand, however, with little understanding of what costs were regular, reinforced the reality that a product's real value is identified only by what someone wants to spend for it. Let's use Inception, a premium tops item with a rookie-slash-superstar packed 100-card checklist, as an example. A box includes one pack with seven cards, one sign or sign relic, two base parallel cards, and four standard cards. It retails for $75. It's a nice product since you're insured an autograph, Schlemmeyer said. The parallel can be anywhere from an unnumbered green parallel to their entire list of different colored, serial-numbered parallels. It's a genuine thick card, a basic five-card density card. Here's the essential part of this formula, beginning was launched to the general public on March 20th, eight days after the NBA shut down its regular season, and MLB canceled the rest of spring training. In the market, the term panic purchasing quickly became a simple thing. Ronnie Drake, whose participation in the hobby expanded rapidly with newfound spare time during the pandemic, including his own YouTube channel, understands this well. He purchased two cases, 16 boxes, of creation on March 25th for $1,080 each, an average of $67.50 per box. The next time the very same place had them offered, less than a month later, the case price soared to $1,600. He passed at the higher price. On packages I opened, I just made my refund. I pulled a low number Dustin May Auto slash Relic, Drake said. On the amount of the break too, I profited less than $100, the value wasn't there for me or those who bought into my breaks. On eBay, the creation increase is a lot more extreme. Several boxes have sold for more than $170 in the past few months. The only two cases noted on eBay are marked at $2,900 and $2,639, and all 16 specific boxes are pointed out at $155 or more. And that's the problem, seasoned collectors know that just because an item is noted at a specific rate on eBay doesn't indicate it's worth that much. For those waves of folks back into the hobby in April, May, and June, asking prices on eBay felt like recognized requirements, primarily because those newbies couldn't physically go into shops or card programs, and see what other choices exist. And folks like Kevin Bradley, who resides in Austin, Texas, have taken a very analytical, often aggressive, technique after jumping back into the hobby. Bradley fell for gathering as a kid, with just a couple of magical journeys to Ted's baseball space in Houston. The card shop was set up like a ballpark, with green turf and foul poles at either side of the store, and Ted treated the kids who walked in with their allowances the same way he dealt with the grown-ups with genuine money to invest. That meant whatever to Bradley, an often shy kid without a great deal of self-confidence, and he even worked there for a couple of years until he left for college. Just about whatever I achieved in my professional life, he stated in a phone call recently, I can trace back to that experience. Ted Stokes died last year, which restored memories of good days. 
and an extended duration of terrible, difficult occasions consisting of a terrifying one, when one of his daughters was diagnosed with cancer, however, after four months of treatment was declared cancer-free in January Dash left him searching for something to make him pleased, in addition to his family, obviously. He found trading cards once again. He jumped in with both feet, even though he admittedly wasn't sure what he was jumping into. The excitement was satisfied with questions of discovery, what companies even make cards now in each sport? What's a numbered card? Bradley began by buying lots of boxes, initially from eBay and after that from suppliers when the truth of eBay's buy it now rates embedded in. The more he messed around in the hobby with his valuable, totally free minutes he's married with five kids the more he moved toward purchasing private cards, particularly PSAs. He picked his gamers Luke Doncic, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant in basketball, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray in football, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, and Ronald Acuna Jr. in baseball, among others and went that route. To him, it resembled a little stock market investing workout. This is the same thing, just on a smaller level, private players that swing extremely, in some cases based on an individual video game performance, he said. So there's cash to be made in there, but I do not always have the time or persistence. But longer term, guys like Mike Trout, Luca, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James are Apple and Amazon and Microsoft, so why refrain from doing that? That's much more fun. I ask myself, what do you want to invest in how? And one of the answers to that concern might be this, Bradley has done the research and run the numbers on what it would require to open his version of Ted's baseball room, perhaps at some point in the spring of 2022, after he sees what occurs with COVID and how the card market shakes out. With what our family has been through in this previous year, it's sort of like, I do not wish to get to 60 or 70 or 80 and be like, man, why didn't you simply take a shot at something that actually would have made you happy? I don't understand if it's COVID or just the point where I remain in life where I look back to what things made me pleased as a kid, he said, I do not have any remorses in my life, but I want to be happy, too, and this is just one of those things that do it for me. There are many little parts, the organizational elements, the financial investment aspects, the nostalgia aspects, the buying and selling that's fun, simply all of that. And it boils down to this, I wish to produce that same magic for my kids that Ted developed for me. Back to the future? Throughout our prolonged conversation, Howarth, the Panini VP, referenced the 1980s and early 1990s as what most feel are the glory days of collecting but said what's occurring now is unmatched. It's also completely different from what was taking place back then, the age of scrap wax goodness. At that time, everybody desired baseball cards, so the card business satisfied that demand by printing cards with reckless desert and enormously overproducing their a couple of sets each year. It was terrific short-term high sales and delighted consumers getting the players slash teams they desired from their packs, which were sealed with wax, hence the junk wax name that stuck dash however, eventually everyone understood there were lots of cards flooding the market, and costs came crashing down. In the 1980s, you thought, if I keep this Bo Jackson rated rookie card, sooner or later it'll deserve genuine money, Howard said. Whereas now, you open up a pack, and there are cards and they're currently worth real money. And, yeah, that real cash is one hell of a draw. There is most certainly a betting field to opening most packs today, Schlemier kept in mind the hope of finding possible autographs slash relics belong to playing the slots in Vegas. In 1990, you might purchase a pack for 60 cents and get a Frank Thomas rookie out of it or a Ken Griffey Jr., 
and maybe get $2 or $3 for it, he said. But now, you can buy a pack of cards for $5 and get a card that's worth thousands. And I'm talking thousands of dollars that afternoon on eBay. That's undoubtedly a new component. So with the popularity of trading cards soaring, it's fair to ask what those in the market are doing to avoid making the same errors mashing the print button over and over and over in an attempt to cash in as much as possible. I think there are a couple of various things, Howarth stated. One, we're very cognizant of what taken place in the 80s as a company and the mistakes that other producers made during that time. And understanding, as another 1980s collecting staple informed us, is half the fight. Please make no mistake, the companies are still producing lots of cards, but they're diversified. Instead of simply one set into the 1980s, then a couple of offerings a year in the 1990s, Topps has approximately 50 various baseball products, consisting of pastime exclusive slash retail particular variations. Panini this year has plans for 37 NFL offerings, 30 NBA-Panini owns the exclusive license with both the NBA and NFL 11 MLBPA, 11 colleges slash draft, 6 football, 5 basketball, 7 soccer, and 4 NASCAR. It's reasonable to ask, naturally, whether that's excessive, too. It advises me a little of that tipping point, like in 1993 or 94, where there were so many various producers, and everybody was trying to cash in, Bradley said. Now, you invest a lot on a box and hope you get your cash's worth. And I get that it's fun and lotto ticket-ish. However, there are so many exciting dynamics taking place. Individuals say, well, it's not taking place now because of PSA and Beckett grading and cars and parallels and all that stuff. But if every other card has a 1 1 and 1 10th and 1 20 and 1 30 and 1 50 and 1 70, how scarce are a lot of those things? What's next? While the industry has grown in recent months, it hasn't been without headaches. The pandemic caused shelter-in-place orders throughout the country, including Texas, where a third-party facility that both Tops and Panini to print cards usage was closed down for an extended period. So although advancement continued, they stopped production. Tops' popular Allen & Ginter product was delayed about six weeks from its regular late-July release. Other items were delayed longer, some barely at all. While there were moving release dates and some shifting in logistics and production obstacles we needed to survive, we're now pretty much back on track, Kless said. Panini had concerns, too, naturally, and not just related to printing. The company has been the NBA's exclusive trading card for years now and stops briefly in the NBA schedule for instance, the NBA draft, initially scheduled for June 25th however pushed back to November 18th, tossed a wrench into strategies. Normally, our first NBA product around this novice class would be coming out in October. However, that's not the case, Howarth said. It'll probably be December. Something I wanted to ask understanding I most likely would not get any secrets exposed is how next year's offerings would reflect the quirk of the 2020 season, specifically with baseball cards. To me, baseball cards have an opportunity to record a season in such a way no other product slash industry honestly can and what historical season needs reporting more than 2020. Masks, neck gaiters, players in the stands throughout games, and about a thousand other things. It's an exceptional opportunity for Tops because 2021 is the business's 70th anniversary. It still has the exclusive MLB license, Panini has an agreement with the MLBPA, which implies they can use the gamers, however, not the team names or logos. So many people have pertained to us saying, 
oh, you require a cardboard cutout subset or things like that, Pless stated with a laugh. There are numerous special concepts stimulated from 2020 and the odd, though historical, season that this is. I do not understand precisely what the brand team is rather approximately as far as preparing for 2021. Still, they constantly get extremely innovative, and 2020 is quite a part of Top's history, so being able to celebrate the 70th anniversary, I'm sure 2020 will belong to that. Dash. Share on Facebook. Share on Twitter. Share on Pinterest. Share on LinkedIn. Share via email. Share on Tumblr. Share on Google. Share on Reddit. Dash. Dash. Dash.